Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, phone, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering gourmet pizzas, hot submarine sandwiches, and salads with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com, 332-4495 for delivery. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times in Bloomington, along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And we have uh, three guests in our studio today, and we're going to be talking about volunteering and particularly about volunteering in a time of a really difficult economy. With us are Bloomington Volunteer Network Director, Bette Savage, IU Kelly School Civic Leadership Development Director, Molly Barwick, and St. Charles School Principal, Alec Mayer. You can join us on the program by calling 855-0811 from the Bloomington area or if you're outside of Bloomington, call us at 877-285-9348. You can also go to our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition and send us an email or a comment, whatever you want to uh, to tell us to join the program. So thanks for being here, everybody. It's well, thank you for having us. Spring break. It's getting ready to – people – the town's getting ready to empty out a little bit and you probably didn't know – any trouble finding a place to park, which is good. All right. Well, we're going to talk about volunteering today. I want to, I want to ask uh, Molly first to talk a little bit about your organization. You are the, the uh, leadership development director for – it's the IU Kelly School Civic Leadership Development uh, Director is That's your right. title. So uh, what, what do you actually do in your job? In my job, I, uh, I coordinate volunteer opportunities for students, mostly in the business school, but it's open to any undergraduate student at IU. Um, so they, I think, work at pretty much every agency in town mm-hmm. where there's a volunteer opportunity to do, do something. Do you mostly have individuals come in or are they groups or organizations? Like would a fraternity or a sorority come to you and say, hey, we want to think of some volunteer opportunity they can, but usually it's – we have about 1,300 members. So it's CLD, Civic Leadership Development members who are coming in. But they can work. We have a couple opportunities available. So they can do group volunteering where our groups will go out together, they'll carpool to an event, volunteer together, do some reflection and come back. But then there's also individual volunteering. So a number of our members are bigs with the Big Brothers Big Sisters mm-hmm. program. Some do tutoring at the um, the public library. Um, they go in groups to community kitchen, that sort of thing. So it runs the gamut. Is that a requirement if you're in the Kelly School because you have such a long reputation of community service in this community? Mm-hmm. It's not a requirement. So these students who are doing this have an interest and a passion in community service. Well, that's great. That's great. Okay. And Bet, the uh, Bloomington Volunteer Network, you've been with the organization for quite a while. About um, 15 years. About 15 yeah. <laughs> years. Um, explain a bit, little bit about what you do. Well, the Volunteer Network is a program of the city government. It was formed in 1980 as a way to support the nonprofits by supporting the infrastructure that they need uh, in order to utilize volunteers. And we have about 200 and I think it's up to about 240 member organizations right now, nonprofit organizations that utilize volunteers and that utilize the network. And we have a really great website, uh, a searchable website. It's bloomington.in.gov slash volunteer. And we have hundreds of volunteer opportunities there so people can go on and they can search for if they're interested in volunteering with children or with animals or more specifically in a mentoring position or yeah, there, there's a, a wide uh, uh, searchable, wide number of searchable fields, and then they can also just enter keywords. Mm-hmm. So it's a neat, um, a neat system that we have. We're, we're excited about that. We we purchased that a couple years ago, and the nonprofits all enter their own volunteer opportunities, and so it's updated daily. Mm-hmm. Is that anything that you're able to track? How many placements you make on a monthly or annual basis? We well, it's. We, we can track how many people respond via email to the, uh, the volunteer opportunity mm-hmm. posted, right? But we don't know how many of those actually volunteer, mm-hmm. right? We, because it, it automatically ge- generates an email that says, I'm interested in this opportunity. Tell me more about it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's the first step, but we don't know, we don't know how far it goes. 
Okay. Now, Alec, you've got a, a day job being a principal of a, of a school, but I know that you're involved with the, uh, the pro- program that started really with the Leadership Bloomington Monroe County program, the Get Involved Bloomington Expo. Mm-hmm. So what's your involvement with that? Well, we are and currently have about seven or eight people who get together um, and we sit down and we say we want to let people know of the volunteering and uh, ways for people to get involved in Bloomington. Uh, last year when we created this program, myself and another member in our group were new to Bloomington area and we really knew nothing other than, you know, I didn't know anything existed because I came in on the bypass and all I saw was the IU golf course. And, you know, I went to work and, you know, being new in a job in a new place, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to get out and see things and do things. So we we gathered this opportunity to, you know, really show people being Bloomington such a transient town, really to show people you know, some of the things that they can do that might interest them in getting involved in their community. Mm-hmm. Well, I would encourage anybody like you to read the newspaper. That would be a good thing. But. Well, yeah, I, I would love to do that, but, you know. Uh, just kidding. Just I, uh, kidding. I have a hard time checking my 100 emails. Yeah, today, right, so. right. No, I, I totally understand. Um, so the, the expo itself is, is set up to do what? Uh, we basically just we, – we have vendors from local restaurants, recreation and businesses, uh, volunteer organizations, churches, any any place that really needs volunteers, they come in and they set up a table and it's free to the public and we invite people to come in and if they have some spare time on uh, on their hands and they w- are interested in finding something to volunteer in, uh, to come in and it's just check us out and, you know, there will be people there that can explain their organization. For example, um, I decided to become a Monroe County CASA because I really didn't know of a CASA program that existed until I actually saw it at the at the expo last year. And it was something that was kind of close and personal to me. And, and so I became a CASA member because I, w- I attended the expo. So. Mm-hmm. Now, was la- last year was the first expo, correct? Correct. Okay. All right. So what did you learn last year that you maybe are going to do a little bit differently this year? Um, we, we learned to ask people for help. Uh, last year it was it was five or six or seven of us in our group and and we really were strong bullheaded people who said well we can do this we're going to show them kind of thing and and uh, we got to about two months ago and we realized you know if we're going to make this happen we, we're we're going to need some people's help you need some volunteers we need some volunteers exactly <laughs> that, that is ironic I'll tell you well and luckily that's where the leadership Bloomington Monroe County Alumni Association came in um, that's one of the functions of that organization is to make volunteers available for for just such things and so that group has formed a, a larger committee with the original committee. And so um, it's, a, it's a larger group putting the event on this year. And it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a block party atmosphere. I attended last year. Um, some great local restaurants are going to be there, bands, very child-friendly. Bet mm-hmm. you were there. Yeah, we were there last year, and it, it, was, it was a great event. And not really quite like a volunteer fair, more like a It runs the gamut of the ways to get involved. So different faith communities were there, like you say, the restaurants and the bands and and the agencies where you can volunteer. Now, we are going to have a volunteer fair uh, July 31st at the farmer's market. That's more what you would expect as far as booths from each agency. And you go there and you can sign up and and meet the people that you would be volunteering with. Mm -hmm. But the Get Involved Bloomington Expo, I, 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 I see it as being a lot broader. Mm-hmm. You, you Correct. Can, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're, 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 we'll take just about anybody that needs a volunteer for any reason. Um, you know, a lot of uh, – we originally kind of geared it towards people who were new to the Bloomington area, so, like, like the majority of our group was. We really didn't know much about our community. So we, you know, this gave us the opportunity to get out and get involved in our community and get to know them. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, we also found that there were a lot of people – at the event who had lived in Bloomington for many years, but perhaps their life circumstance had changed, their children had grown up, or, um, you know, they had a a different job that allowed them to to have a little more time. And so they were finally at a point in their lives where they were more interested in in branching out into the Mm -hmm. community a little, and a little bit more. And, And so this was an opportunity for you know, longer-term residents to find out more about Bloomington, too. Mm-hmm. So it ended up having um, kind of a, a hidden um, benefit as well. And then today's topic, we're talking about a bad economy. 
Um, this year, we've heard from a group of folks who are job seekers, and so they'll be attending because um, for a lot of folks, uh, a volunteer position is often a good way to get your nose under the tent somewhere or develop a new skill or gain more contacts. And so this economy is kind of opening up a new door that, again, and kind of a happy unintended consequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Our phone numbers are 855-0811 in Bloomington. Uh, if you're from outside of Bloomington, you can call in with your questions about volunteering. Maybe you could find some groups to volunteer in your area, uh, 877-285-9348. And also our website is wfiu.org slash noon edition. You brought up the economy and that's uh, one of the reasons we wanted to do this show today. Uh, Beth, I'm going to turn to you because you have a lot of contact with local so- social service agencies mm-hmm. and you, the volunteer network is really, I think, very well plugged in to what's going on in our community. Is there a greater need for volunteers today? Most definitely. Um, the the social service agencies are seeing more and more uh, clients, more people that, that need food in particular and other services. Uh, and the, they're certainly not the nonprofits are not hiring additional staff. Their their uh, fundraising efforts are um, they aren't aren't doing as well. You know, they're they're not bringing in as much money as they used to, and so they are relying more and more on volunteers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see lines coming out of Mother Hubbard's cupboard. Mm-hmm. You, know, you you must see them. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you drive by, by there on the way to work. Um, just lines and lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, are you are you finding more people to step up? What's the, what's been the, your experience with getting volunteers connected? It's we, we don't really have the numbers, but mm-hmm. it, it it seems so. Yeah, uh, especially in this the food area, uh, people are signing up for shifts at the kitchen, at the community kitchen, at Shalom Community Center, at Back Street, uh, and at the pantries like Mother Hubbard's Cupboard and the the uh, food bank and the other pantries. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, volunteers are stepping up there. I think they're seeing – people are seeing more and more of their friends and family that are in a pinch. And uh, so it's less of an us-them and more of an us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, I, I know that uh, you know, I've talked with you before about the, uh, the importance of IU students and how in the summertime when students are gone, sometimes different organizations need more volunteers. So, so Mo- that's where Molly comes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You said you've got – 1,300 members uh, to your organization. Where, where, where do most of them volunteer? They love working with kids. And we were talking earlier about the, um, the students like to work with people who are close to them in age. So they really like working with elementary and high school students. But really, it does run the gamut. And to speak to the, the economic turn, a lot of our students will start off volunteering because they want to set themselves apart for when they graduate and to put something on their resume. But they'll see that need then that Bet mentioned that it's increasing and really become advocates. But they like working with kids. Big Brothers Big Sisters is a really popular mm-hmm. one. Um, Habitat is huge. Those those opportunities fill up really quickly. Students like those as well. Mm-hmm. But, now, you also uh, are involved with a program about alternative spring breaks, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So where, where do you have where, – where did some of the IU students take off to today? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, today, <laughs> later this afternoon, I'll be driving a trip up to the airport to go to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be working with community collaborations and they'll be um, saving sea turtles, we hope. Wow. <laughs> um, gosh, international as well. We have one trip going to India, another one going to the Dominican Republic, um, Domestically, we have trips going to Biloxi, New York City, Washington, D.C., Moab, Utah, kind of all over the place. Wow, that's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Now, how do, how do the students – that's expensive. Any kind of travel is expensive. How does that get paid for and, and how does the whole process work? Sure, that's a good question. Um, the students pay for about half of it, half to two-thirds. Um, the other third is covered through fundraising and then we've – received a number of generous donations from Kelly alumni and um, and then from the Kelly School as well. They're they're a great support. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So what kinds of what kinds of things will they be doing on these trips mm-hmm. uh, besides saving sea turtles? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the Biloxi trip will be working with Habitat, and then we have another trip to South Carolina that's doing the same. Um, we have a trip going to Tampa, Florida. who will be working with Junior Achievement, so helping elementary school students um, learn business practices. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Let's see what else. We have a number of chips working with poverty and homelessness and hunger. Um, and those are in most of the urban areas, New York City and Washington, D.C. and Boston. Mm-hmm. So really, we try to offer a wide range of volunteer opportunities just depending on the students' interests. Okay. So, so you partner with existing organizations in every location? We do, uh-huh. yes. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So we set up usually the, the transportation and the housing, although sometimes the housing is included, and then the agencies help us with what we'll be doing every day for the week. So you're making the, the coordination. So you would, you would uh, contact Habitat and say, where do you need a group of students this, this time of year? Uh-huh. I work with – well, each trip also has a site leader. So a student is is helping a lot with this as well and I work closely with them. So they will often make the make the contact. They decide that there's a need in a certain area. They'll they'll look at the agency website, see where the need is and and how it will work logistically. Mm-hmm. Now not that your students aren't adults, but do you <laughs> do you have an older adult who accompanies the group or are these students on their own? How does that work? They're on their own. We have smaller trips. Um, mm-hmm. Some trips around IU, there's other service trips that go and those are a little larger and they bring chaperones with them. Mm-hmm. Our trips are usually five to six people. And so with those, we the students go on their own. We always have a 21-year-old who can be a driver or mm-hmm. two. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they're they're great. They do a really good job with it. It's a this program's been going on for about eleven or twelve years, and it's been pretty yeah. stable. Yeah. Well, wow, what an exciting adventure for yeah, all and, concerned. And, and it seems like you know everybody. Uh, I think we're becoming maybe more aware. At least maybe I am, just in my old age, that there are things that that young people do over spring break other than just go to Panama Beach or. Someplace, Pan- what is it, Panama City? Sure. Panama City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. You are uh, so old. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> but it does. It does seem like this is a more recent uh, trend. I mean, ten or eleven years isn't that long for mm-hmm. some of us. Um, it seems like this mm-hmm. is is growing. Would you mm-hmm. say that's true? I would agree very much. Even I've been in this position for two years now, and. Um, Looking at applications and how they've grown and then knowing what they were the year before that, the last three years, it's grown tremendously. So we're kind of at capacity at this point. So I'm encouraging other groups around around campus to, to start these programs as well. Uh, it doesn't seem right that a volunteer program should be at capacity. There's always need for volunteers. <laughs> it's true. Bet and I were talking a little <laughs> earlier about the need um, – for, for volunteers during spring break here in Bloomington. So mm-hmm. hopefully next year we can mm-hmm. start that up too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in past yeah. years there have been spring break. Um, well, other colleges will send their students to Bloomington. Is that right? For spring break, yeah, to, to work with our people in poverty. But IU has, has had some in-town ones as well, just mm-hmm. not this year through the School of Business. Uh, I'm not sure if there are any of the other programs that organize spring breaks are doing it this year or not. Mm-hmm. Now you went on a spring break. Last year, I did. I did. I was in Slovakia with a group as a chaperone there, and that was great. The um, we worked uh, with a group called Integra, and they um, they were advocating for fair trade. So working with people in Bratislava to educate them on fair trade. So it was a really unique experience for for me and for the students. And right mm-hmm. up the school of business's alley, I guess you would say too. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's true. Yes, right. I think I, it's a I'm, wonderful trend. I yeah, really and I'm do. overwhelmed. Yeah. By by the amount of coordination that would have to go on to put something like this together. It, it's a lot of coordination. Luckily, I work with extremely responsible students who, who are very organized and very detail-oriented. And we start early. We, we have our applications out in October. So the oh, trips yeah. are pretty set by the end of the fall semester. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, I, on the... One night this week, I was at a, a media training event for a lot of the Greek students on campus. It happened to be the same day as the ATO story broke, which was just by coincidence. But um, you know, all, all the people who were there talked, and I, and, I, I'm, and I certainly believe them, about the great philanthropy that their fraternities and sororities do. I wonder how much of that goes on with like national organizations or – are there a lot of these fraternities and sororities bet that work with local groups? It's it's a mix. They a lot of them do have national uh, philanthropies, and they follow that national, um, you know, whether it's March of Dimes or something. For example, we don't have a strong March of Dimes locally, right? But there's a strong national one, and so we don't see a lot of that the effort locally from some of the sororities and fraternities, but others. And, and more and more, they're focusing on local issues, working with local people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes 
much more of a learning experience for them. I think your students, Molly, demonstrate that once they, they get off campus and come into the local community, then they, that's their opportunity to learn and grow and understand and sink some roots. And, and so I think, I think it's going in the right direction by becoming more and more local with the mm-hmm. Greeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it struck me when I was at that meeting of how much uh, volunteer power there was in the room. Mm-hmm. If you multiply the – I think every organization had maybe two representatives. Multiply that by the number of organizations there are. It just is uh, an incredible resource for Bloomington and I think uh, you know the community is well served by students mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when the students are gone, some of the nonprofits are really hit hard because they have increased their – their capacity to what they can do when the students are here. Mm-hmm. And so then during the breaks, uh, they're, they're, they're just strapped. And mm-hmm. they do need the uh, permanent community residents, what you're calling the older adults, Mary Catherine, <laughs> uh, to step More up. More established adults perhaps. <laughs> yeah. but, but the volunteer network says if you can only volunteer during spring break, summer break, winter break um, – that's fine. You mm-hmm. could take shifts then, we, the mm-hmm. permanent residents, and not take shifts during the other times because the IU students are, are doing that. Mm-hmm. All right. Our phone numbers again, 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can join us at the website, wfiu.org slash noon edition to send us your email if you're, uh, you don't want to go on the air. Molly, I wonder, does, do you know anything about volunteerism as um, you, you mentioned your trip overseas? And I, I'm wondering if, it's kind of, if this kind of activity is um, a peculiarly American thing or if this is something um, pre- prevalent in other cultures as well. Sure. Um, I think, well, I, in general, I think it is a very American cultural, this volunteerism certainly. Um, we haven't paired up with with groups in Europe or Asia or anywhere like that. So so I couldn't speak to what they're doing, but just in my first impression would be that that this would be a US sort of specific thing. Would would you two agree or I think so. I would think? agree. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we spent uh we did a radio program a few years ago about uh, a relationship that some news media had with people in mm-hmm. Ukraine and and Ukraine the Ukrainians I talked to they, the whole idea of uh, public service and philanthropy was just foreign. Mm-hmm. They had no idea. And and my wife and I have a a worldwide friendship student from Kazakhstan who's here studying um nonprofit management. Mm-hmm. To and it's part of you know the Kazakh uh, government's um, sort of push to create some kind of nonprofit um, culture in their country. So yeah, I think that we are pretty unique here. Mm-hmm. Interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. I would yeah. say too that makes it um, even more impressive when we have international students who come in and want to be involved with civic leadership development and alternative spring break because they're not coming from a culture where that is expected or the norm. Do you have a high percentage of international students? We do. Who try this? We do. Um, the Kelly School is about 10% international, and I'd say that that's represented about 10% in our program as well. Mm-hmm. I think in the United States, we, we tend to have an independent can-do spirit. That's, that's how our our country was formed and, and nonprofits are formed every day. People mm-hmm. say, well, we need this in Bloomington, so we're going to start it. We're going to find a couple of people and we're going to start it and then we're going to recruit some more for our steering committee and then we're going to have a board and then we're going to find volunteers to help us keep it going. And mm-hmm. um, So we have a, a lot of nonprofits and a lot of people that believe that if, if they want something to happen, they're going to have to make it happen. Mm-hmm. They're not going to wait for the government, for example, which is the case in a lot of a lot of other countries that are, have more of the focus that the government should do everything for them. Right. Mm. It's a, it was a different culture. Mm-hmm. But no. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. We were talking about uh, volunteerism, particularly uh, during this tough economic time. Uh, we have three guests in the studio. You just heard from Bette Savage and the Bloomington Volunteer Network. Uh, Molly Barwick from the IU Kelly School Civic Leadership Development uh, Organization is here. She's the development director and St. Charles School Principal Alec Mayer is here. We'll be right back after a short break. You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville Telephone, information at smithville.net, 
and from Mother Bear's Pizza at motherbearspizza.com. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, as well as movie, play, and opera reviews. Find out more by going to our website, WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? On Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the WFIU news team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting south-central Indiana. Listen at 8.33 a.m. and 5.45 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch that day's feature. If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, WFIU.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 7.45. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And our three guests today, Bloomington Volunteer Network Director Bette Savage, IU Kelly School Civic Leadership Development Director Molly Barwick, and St. Charles School Principal Alec Mayer. You can phone us at 855-0811 in Bloomington or outside of the local calling area. It's 877-285-9348. Or you can join the discussion by going to our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. I'd be interested to hear from our callers if anybody has a particularly uh, interesting experience as a, as a volunteer. Um, I think that that's kind of one of the nicest things that comes out of sharing your time because you choose to as opposed to uh, because you're getting paid to. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, so maybe somebody's had an amazing experience they want to share. And I want to ask Alec about his amazing experience. You said that after the, uh, after the, the what was it, be, uh, mm-hmm. get involved Bloomington Expo last year that you decided you wanted to be a CASA volunteer. That's the um, Court-appointed court special, special advocates. advocates. Right. So what, what's, what does that entail and what's your experience been like? Well, um, it's, it's a program that you get about 40 hours of training in uh, depending on what time you train. I trained in the fall, so I did Tuesdays and Thursday evenings and they offer an intensive class in the summertime in June. So it's for those that, you know, especially college students who maybe might, might not have any classes or anything. But basically, you're, you're exactly what it says. You're a court-appointed special advocate for children. Um, when, when families are struggling and families are in times of hardship, um, there's a lot of times where uh, a family will have an attorney for mom and an attorney for dad, and the kids are just kind of hanging out in the, out in the wind to, to fight, you know, to have the parents fight over or whatever. So um, I'm not sure about probably about 15, 20 years ago, they decided that they were going to the judges needed points of somebody to speak for children. And so they came up with this court appointed special advocate program. And we go in and um, we focus on the children. We, 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 whether they're in a foster home or in the regular home or visitation with mom, visitation with dad, whatever the case may be, we go in and we focus on the children and we use our expertise and our training. Um, to just go to a judge and say, this is what we think. Mm-hmm. So uh, it seems like that could get you into some kind of conflict from time to time. Is that true? Well, um, I'm on my first case right now. So, and like I said, it's towards the end of the case. But yeah, there have been some people that, that have been in conflict. And um, the, the, our supervisors are very professional and, and very good quality. And, uh, and, you know, any questions, any concerns of any kind like that, you know, we take to them before we, you know, we hope to anticipate those. They teach you hopefully to anticipate those. Um, you know, I know in, in, in my particular case, I anticipated a problem that fortunately, I, you know, I called my supervisor and was, you know, we, we talked it through and it turned out that it didn't need to, you know, it wasn't a problem. But, you know, they're very, they're highly trained people and they're good at what they do. How old are the kids that you're working with? The kids I'm working with right now, I have uh, Two girls that are two and one boy who is five. So what's the age for uh, for being able to get a, a CASA to work with a child? 18 and under. 18 and under. So okay. if you're, you know, we have some CASAs that are working with 16, 17-year-olds until they until they turn 18 and become, can be considered adults. Yeah. Now, Alex, a, a friend of mine, so I happen to know that um, not only is he a school principal, but he also has two young children of his own. So I commend you for finding time in your life to well, share you. 
your wisdom with with other people's children as well as you know the ones you're already having an, an you know a really strong impact on. And I got to say, with my family that I have right now, the best part of my job is I get to go, I get to go, you know, play play and have fun with the kids, play games, you know, ride bikes, whatever the case may be, and you know. Uh, being, you know, the, the modern advances of toys and games these days that I didn't have when I was a kid. I'm like, man, this is fun. <laughs> so, and, you know, being an educator, um, one of the little girls I work with right now, I mean, whenever she sees me coming, she brings me five or six books and we sit down and read, which is absolutely one of my most favorite things to do to my own with my own children is to just sit down and read stories with them. So obviously this has had an impact on your life. Tell us about that. Um, I tell you, uh, probably the biggest impact it's had on me personally is um, it's made me a better dad. Um, I, I I tend to take my own kids for granted with my career and and with the things that I enjoy doing, you know, outside of my career, my hobbies. Um, when I see kids that are struggling uh, because their parents are not in a intact relationship like my wife and I are, um, it's it, it's bothersome to me and. Um, you know, so I would go and I, I would find that I'm sitting here reading to this little girl four or five stories, and then I go home at night and kick my feet up and didn't read stories to my own little girl, and that uh, kind of made me feel like a pretty pretty lousy dad, <laughs> and I didn't want to, and you know, so my personal impact is has made me a better father to my own children. Mm-hmm. All right, eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight and WFIU.org slash Noon Edition. Molly, what do you hear from your students when they come back from, uh, I know this is only your second year for the spring break program, the alternative spring break program, but what kind of feedback did you get from your students and what kind of personal impact did, did you hear about from them? Sure. They, um, they're inspired very much so. And the whole goal of these trips is to create more active citizens. So they go on these trips, they're really immersed in an issue that they're working on for a full week, and they come back, and there's a lot of reflection during that week too, just talking about their experience and what they're getting out of it and what they've seen. Um, The goal is for them to come back, and we offer volunteer opportunities here in Bloomington where they can hopefully get involved and advocate for this cause in their own community here as well. So um, we try and keep it an ongoing thing. So this alternative spring break is just sort of the kickstart for, mm-hmm. a, for a longer commitment. Well, so it's really a cultivation program. That's, That's really the goal, neat. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a leadership program. It, it's a great program, Molly's program, the CLD. They, the students lead it. They have a, there's a student board, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And they, they're very organized, very involved, and... They learn so much. Uh, and, and of all the students, that's one of the toughest curriculums is the school business right. curriculum. They could have their noses in books all the time. Mm-hmm. But the program really facilitates them getting out of the books and developing a, a more well-rounded view of life. Mm-hmm. But I know you've got a big awards ceremony mm-hmm. coming up, and I want you to talk about that. But kind of along the same line as we've just talked about with Molly and Alec, tell tell me maybe one of your favorite stories about uh, a volunteer placement that you had something to do with and the results of it. Oh, That's a hard, that's like to pick a the, uh, favorite well, flower out of a bouquet, I'm let sure. Let me talk but... about my b- being a big sister instead. Okay, all I, right. I'm a sister and I love it. Um, my little is 17 now and she's taller than me and she's been my little since um, she was nine. I I got involved through the School Bigs program. So Big Brothers Big Sisters has some sort of ways you can put your toe in but not your whole foot, right? And so you can volunteer in the school for an hour a week. And that seemed like something I could do at the time. I volunteered at Fairview, which is just a block away, took a slightly longer lunch break that day, and and that was it. And I got to know this little girl. And then uh, the family moved, and uh, I missed her. (laughs) Aww. I like, and I had kids of my own. They were older, but I just, I realized I had kid energy in there. I wanted to be around kids. I really liked being around her, so I followed her. I became her regular big sister, and uh, and it's just been fun. Like mm-hmm. uh, Alex says, I sometimes the funnest part of my week is when I'm with her. We we take a lot of hikes. She likes to track deer, so we're looking for uh, spore and. Uh, and she never gets lost. I get lost so easily. <laughs> and so we'll just be going in the woods in the woods deeper and deeper on no trails at all. And, and she'll know just how to get back. So she protects me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, it's a, I think that's 
people's what people do as volunteers, a lot of times it is the funnest thing they do. If, if you say, what's the funnest thing you did all week? A lot of people say, I didn't do anything fun. But you talk to the people that are volunteering with kids particularly, and they'll say, well, I was playing on the playground. I was playing with these toys I never saw before. I was running around in the woods. I was doing silly stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Well, That's great. What, what would you say is the, is the largest need for volunteers in the community? Where, where are the shortages for volunteers? Hmm. I can tell you CASA needs oh, a, yeah. ton oh, of, yeah. a ton of volunteers. That's um, true. I, I meet with my supervisor once a month, and I always ask, you know, because we're close to the end of my case, and say, you know, so how's the numbers looking? And then, you know, every month the number gets bigger and bigger. So mm-hmm. we, have a lot of, we have a lot of families that are in need of court-appointed special advocates. Mm-hmm. That's really true. That's one of the most intense volunteer positions that there is, really, because there's 40 hours of training, and then you have to be able to stand up in court and uh, stick to your guns, right? Develop yeah. your opinions carefully, but then when it comes down to it, stick to your guns. Mm-hmm. And then you have to commit for two years. So it is the most I do. Intense, <laughs> <laughs> intensive, but probably one of the most rewarding. So the people out there that can do that, that can become causes, you are needed. I know there's always a, a waiting list for kids to get a big brother or a big mm-hmm. sister. Too. Especially for the boys. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I know several boys. There are lots and lots of boys that are on the waiting list. Mm-hmm. They have a program, another one of those dip-your-toe-in-the-water type deals where the kids that are on the waiting list have, um, I think, once a month there's a special program for them where they go, they're taken to the zoo or they're taken you know, somewhere fun so that they know that they're not forgotten. Mm-hmm. And uh, people can volunteer for that. And that way you can, you know, you can just do that. It's not such a big deal, but you get to see the kids and, and you might say, oh, you know, I think I could be a big. It's plus, not that plus going to the zoo would probably be the funnest thing you did. <laughs> That's all week. right. That's <laughs> all right. We have a phone call. Uh, let's go to Norma on the phone. She has a story about uh, being a volunteer. Oh, good. Norma? the service. Ah. I was a school librarian about 30 years ago when I think that service was pretty new. And one lady who replied from seeing the article in the HT was about a 70-year-old woman, very energetic, and she told me she had arrived at the school via her bicycle. (laughs) (laughs) And right now, I don't know if that would be safe. (laughs) (laughs) So what did she do for you? She volunteered in the Um, library? Checking the shelving books, checking the order on the shelves. Mm -hmm. Did you develop a friendship then with this woman? I think she moved out of state after a while. Yes, we were friends temporarily. Uh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I can't remember other. Most of the volunteers were parents of kids there in the school. Mm -hmm. But all right, Norma. Hey, thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate it. All right, eight five five zero eight one one in Bloomington eight seven seven two eight five. 9348 and WFIU.org slash Noon Edition is where to find uh, an easy way to email us. Um, let's talk about the Be More Awards and let's, you know, in, in terms of what they actually represent. I mean the awards are, are wonderful but the, all, the number of people that get, get nominated for the awards, the different categories that you have that really recognize the different ways people can volunteer mm-hmm. is what always uh, astounds me. And, and yeah, there's so many categories. And I, yeah, it's amazing. And I've yeah. read, you know, read some of the nominations over the years. It's mm-hmm. a, there are an amazing array of people. So when is it coming up and, and expand on that a little bit? Well, the awards program will be April 27th and we have been through the nomination period. This year we have 83 nominations in this wide array of categories, youth, board member, Lifetime of service, uh, educational literacy, arts, and culture. Trying to make it so that, uh, well, the board member one, for example, is because we know no board member would ever receive the award because everybody thinks that's boring. Uh, <laughs> and we want to make sure that the people behind the scenes have an opportunity to to have the, the spotlight on them as well. But the awards program is well, it's just ama- it's remarkable. I know you've all attended it. Um, if you get through it without crying, yeah. you're a better person than I am because I've ne- I, every time I've attended, I've ended mm-hmm. up crying. It's a room full of people that that believe in the community and are willing to give to the community to make it the the, the town that they want it to be. And the the people that are nominated are just some of the people that are mm-hmm. that are really pulling yeah. pulling the weight of the community with them. Uh, and then the people that receive the awards are, you know, a, another strata, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it'll be on April the 27th at the Buskirk Chumley Theater from 7 to just about 8.15. It's not a long program, but it is 
is it's powerful. Really mm-hmm. Sweet and powerful. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I've been struck by over the years with this program, and you do a great job putting it together. Thank it's you. just so well done. Um, but it's the folks who, from a casual uh, look at them, you'd think they had the least to give, mm-hmm. who are the ones who are giving the most. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's really um, inspiring. They say that about um, philanthropists, too. People that donate money, the people that have the least money donate the most money, you know, proportion-wise. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right. But, yeah, it, it, people's stories are interesting. I remember there was a woman – I used to volunteer at Tri-North when my son went there. And actually, I felt like a kid there but in, the, in a bad way because <laughs> I was – the caller reminded me the um, – I volunteered in the library for a while shelving books, and I felt like a little kid. I just wanted to sneak those books on the shelf in the wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) I had to stop doing it because I really did. I really – I didn't do it. I didn't sneak, but I wanted to. I I really felt – I hadn't felt like such a child in a long time. Um, I forget where I was now in my story. <laughs> trying to, oh, there was a woman that volunteered there almost full time because she was trying, and 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 she, they didn't have any money. Her family had no money, and she was working um, a night job, volunteering in the school almost full time because her she was raising her grandson who got in a lot of trouble, and he went to Tri North, and she was keeping an eye on him. She was in the building. <laughs> I love and, it. Yeah, and it was so inspirational. Yeah, before we, we leave the topic of board membership, I, I just want to say you know, how important that really is. Mm-hmm. I mean I'm glad that you do recognize somebody. I mean I think we, we've just been – we had a program last week on the arts and we've, we've been talking a lot about what's going on with the Bloomington Area Arts Council and I'm not going to disparage anybody on those – on a – on their board now or in previous mm-hmm. times, but board membership for that organization, they it's kept it alive for many, many years, mm-hmm. running a building that they probably, to be honest, had no business running in terms of financially. Um, but now, you know, it just it shows, I think, how how important boards are in keeping keeping the organization running smoothly and running forward. Well, good for, leadership mm-hmm. is behind mm-hmm. everything. Um, and that's what boards are. That's what they need to provide is good leadership. And that gets us back to Leadership Bloomington and Get Involved Bloomington. Yeah. Well, on, and on another topic, the youth awards that you give. I mean, we've talked a lot about, about Molly's program, and, and I think it, it is an amazing program. And it, it, what it's doing, is, it seems to me, is setting up kids for a lifetime of volunteerism mm-hmm. and, and leadership in that area. Sure. But with the youth that you have, sometimes they are much younger than college mm-hmm. age as well. Uh, some of the stories from them are, are pretty striking. Yeah, we had a little girl that received the award last year who, um, what was it? She she developed a cancer education program for the kids in her school. It was Templeton School because her mom had cancer. And she went to a special camp uh, that IU students put on mm-hmm. called Camp Kesem. And, and it's for uh, children whose parents have cancer so that they can be around other kids like that so they're not always – because, you know, people, children included, tend to shun other people that have that illness a little bit because it makes them nervous and whatever. Anyway, in that camp, the kids can be themselves because everybody's in the same boat, right? So she came back from the camp, and then she was back in the situation where she was getting depressed, and, and she felt like the other kids were looking at her funny and whatever, and she started camp uh, an education cancer education program at Templeton. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, she was a cute kid, and she'd done amazing things. And they were doing fun – end, they ended up doing fundraisers to send other kids to that camp. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Alec, what, what kind of uh, volunteer efforts go on at your school? Well, the one that really jumps out to me is after the earthquake in Haiti, um, I had a student who – an eighth grader on her own just, just came to school one day with the – a bunch of those plastic rubber band wristbands, and uh, one half says uh, is red, says helping hands, and the other half is red or blue that says helping Haiti. Mm. And she said, "I want to sell these for two dollars a piece and give all the money to Catholic Re- Relief Services for for Haiti." And right now, we're at almost fourteen hundred dollars at two dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. Wow! So it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. St. Charles kids also uh, earn quite. A large proportion of the president's volunteer service awards that we give out. 
mm-hmm. um, for kids that do a certain number of volunteer hours, depending upon their age, 50 hours or 100 hours. Talk about that hours. program a little bit, Bad. I'm not familiar with that. Well, it's a, it's been around for a long time through several presidents, and uh, it's for it's actually for all ages. It's but, but we administer it for people that are 18 and, and under, uh, because kids tend to be more motivated by awards than adults. You know, we we don't want to carry you know count up our volunteer hours particularly, but but kids it really works for them, and so they earn this award. And uh, in addition to getting a medal from the president and a certificate, they also get a city pin from the mayor and a letter from the mayor. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really neat. All right. We only have about 10 minutes to go. So if anybody out there wants to join us today and let us know about their volunteer opportunity, that would be great, 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can email us, wfiu.org slash noon edition. You know, we're talking about individuals who volunteer, but I think another um, big and a very important aspect to all this that we haven't talked about is the organizations that underwrite and support. I mean, there's there's a volunteer aspect that, to that too, and there, there mm-hmm. are you know organizations. I'm looking at our poster for the uh, Get Involved Bloomington Expo, and and the the great folks who step forward in, in, in this community. And I I wonder, and I, I imagine each of you have had experience with this, but um, uh, what a great community we live in that that these businesses who must just get asked over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, continue to step forth. Molly, you look like you've had sure. some experience yes. with that. Yes, we've, we've been really honored to have a number of businesses in Bloomington help us. Just recently, um, we partnered with the local TIA CREF office here. Um, one of the people who worked there came to me and said that he was really passionate about junior achievement and knew that we had a junior mm-hmm. achievement project where we go into the elementary schools and um, work with those students on business concepts, and um, he wanted to help out. So um, TIA Cref underwrote for with Junior Achievement for all of the, the teaching materials, and they're volunteering with us in those schools. So that's happening right now. It was really, it's a great project, mm-hmm. and we're really excited about it. And for our alternative spring break trips as well, Target's been extremely generous with us with in-kind donations. So each of these trips is being sent off with bottles of water and snacks and all sorts of things for their travels. I guess I want to ask how, whether the economy has affected that as well with businesses being able to step up and do. Either one of you, have you noticed anything? I would say yes. The economy has, has stepped up. Um, uh, or the economy problems has prevented people from stepping up. Now, I think they still step up, but uh, their, their donation dollars have, ha, have gone down, yeah. the amount that they give. And that's understandable. You know, we're all, we're all suffering regardless of, of what, you know, what part of the economy you work in. I think they're mixing – some of the businesses are mixing their um, philanthropic dollars with their volunteer hours now mm-hmm. more. They're building employee volunteer programs and mm-hmm. – Putting some of them are putting their dollars behind where their volunteer their employees are currently volunteering, um, mm-hmm. and others are are forming these programs where their employees go out and volunteer together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to mention the sponsors for the BMORE Awards if I could because they're very important to us: uh, WTIU and the IU Credit Union and the United Way, um, as well as uh, the Community Foundation. <coughs> The community foundation provides all the funding for the the um, the cash awards. So we have ten award categories and a five hundred dollar cash award for each. Mm-hmm. So that's that's big. That's one way that the foundation can distribute dollars in the community to support the volunteer infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So all so. right, we have a phone call. I want to go to Leanne. Leanne. Yes. Hi. Hi. Um, I was calling just to let everybody know about exciting volunteer opportunity with a new outreach project that the Brown County Humane Society has just launched. Okay, great. So what can people do? Well, um, it's an outreach project. It's the Serving Pets Outreach Team, and we actually were able to launch it thanks to the Brown County Community Foundation. Um, They got us started with about 300 bales of straw and supplies. We had our own van, and we are now driving out in the community helping people, and the response has been just amazing. We received um, several donations from some generous private donors who were able to allow us to offer $5 spay-neuter assistance to people through the month of March. Uh, We've had people step up and volunteer to build dog houses for us. Um, People volunteer to donate supplies and build pens to get dogs off the chains. 
um, it's just been absolutely amazing, and it's a wonderful volunteer opportunity to uh, get out and help people who have been really been stressed by some of the hard economic times. All right, so if somebody in Brown County wants to help, what phone number should they call? They can either call the Brown County Humane Society at 988-7362, or they can call the SPOT team directly at 812-703-0797. All right. Well, thanks a lot for calling and letting us know. Thank you. All right. We appreciate it. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, we have like three minutes to go, so I want to give each of you a, a minute or so to, to, again, talk about the importance during this time, this economic time of, of volunteering and, and, you know, whatever you want to say, I guess, in the last minute. Alec, let's go with you. Get involved Bloomington Expo, March 31st, 5 to 8 p.m. at the Bloomington Convention Center. Thanks to IU Credit Union, REMAX Acclaim, WFIU, and Leadership Bloomington Monroe County, and uh, Oliver Winery for being our hospitality sponsor. Did you mention First Capital? First Capital? No, I did not. I'm sorry. we got to thank them, too. Thanks, First Capital. <laughs> All right. Bet. Well, I think for um, people who are looking for a job, obviously volunteering can't, you know, doesn't fill that gap. But it can be something, um, it can be a, an important part of looking for a job. Uh, you do what you can as far as putting in your resumes or your job applications and networking, but you can also look at volunteering as, as uh, sort of expanded networking. If you are, are volunteering for special events, for example, helping Parks and Rec with the various things that they do or all the other fundraising walks and runs, there, there are that many uh, more people that you're communicating mm-hmm. with. So it, it's, it expands your networking ability and gets you out of the house and keeps your spirits up. And, and Or you could do things that are um, more skills-based, so you're keeping your skills up. Uh, I know we have some volunteer opportunities posted on our website uh, for people that want to learn how to do grant writing, for example. You don't have to know. These, these agencies say, come and learn with us, right? So you can expand your skills or learn computer programs that you, you know, stay on the cutting edge a little bit. So there are a lot of reasons to, to use volunteering as a tool to getting a job. Mm-hmm. All right, Molly, 30 seconds. I would add that I love that we've been talking about volunteerism from middle school up through retirees. And um, really, it's not something that you do when you're just in college and you have a little extra time between classes. It's really a a lifelong commitment, and um, I encourage everyone to to continue whatever age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. And there are so many different things you can do, too. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we've uh, had a, a... rousing discussion about volunteerism <laughs> and, and I really appreciate uh, our guests for being here, Bet Savage, Molly Barwick and Alec Mayer for uh, our volunteer guest host, uh, no, <laughs> yeah. volunteer co-host, yeah, volunteer co-host. one volunteer yeah. co-host to another. <laughs> uh, and I want to thank Stan Jastrzewski who's been our producer today and engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering pizzas, pasta dinners, and wings with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com, 332-4495 for delivery.